Psalm 18. This is the psalm that uh, David wrote um, after he'd been delivered by the Lord from his enemies and by the Lord from the hand of Saul. He said, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I've been saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave called around me and the snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help and from his temple he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked and the foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils, consuming fire came from his mouth, burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared in the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering. His canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced with hailstones and bolts of lightning. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemy with great bolts of lightning. He routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed and the foundations of the earth laid bare at your rebuke, Lord, at the blast of the breath from your nostrils. And he reached down from on high and he took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place and he rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I am not guilty of turning from my God. All his laws are before me. I have not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him and I have kept myself from sin. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. To the faithful you show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the devious, you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but bring low those whose eyes are haughty. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. With your help, I could advance against a troop With my God I can scale a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. 
The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. For who is God beside the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving help my shield, and your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet, so that my ankles do not give way. I pursued my enemies and overtook them. I did not turn back till they were destroyed. I crushed them so that they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. You armed me with the strength of the battle. You humbled my adversaries before me. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight, and I destroyed my foes. They cried for help, but there was no one to save them. To the Lord, but he did not answer. I beat them as fine as wind-blown dust. I trampled them like mud in the streets. You have delivered me from the attacks of the people. You have made me the head of nations. People I did not know now serve me and foreigners car before me. As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. They all lose heart. They come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exhorted be God my Saviour. He is the God who avenges me, who subdues nations under me, who saves me from my enemies. You exalted me above my foes. From a violent man you rescued me. Therefore, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing the praises of your name. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing love to his anointed, to David, and to his descendants forever. Now turn to John chapter 14. We're going to read verses 1 to 11. It's Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the, play, the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on you do know him and you have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been amongst you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it's the Father living in me 
who is doing this work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Good morning everyone. As Craig mentioned, I'm preaching through the Psalms and I've got to number 18. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for the Psalms and we pray that you will speak to us through Psalm 18 today that we might believe new things and do things which you want us to do as a result. And in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Probably none of you know how varied my theological education was. But at one stage I had to study a book by Professor John Hick who most recently was from Birmingham University in England. There he is. Hick believed and taught that there are many paths to God. I'm sure you know many Aussies who believe the same thing. There are people in our Christian churches who believe that. As I sat down and reread Psalm 18, I thought to myself, how do I handle this? And the thing that I noticed immediately was that the Hebrew word which we pronounce Yahweh or Jehovah occurs 16 times in this psalm. Now you can check that when you go home. Perhaps you could, you should. Uh, see if I'm wrong. You will know because the word Lord is spelt with all capital letters. So wherever you see that in our English Bibles, the Lord spelt with all capital letters, you know that the Hebrew word behind that is the word we call Yahweh or Jehovah. The Jews don't call it that at all because it's too holy a name. It's too holy a word to speak. But we do. Why 16 times in one psalm? The Davidic king is speaking in this psalm and he acknowledges Yahweh as the God in whom he trusts. Not a molten calf or Baal or Ashtaroth or Chemosh or Milcom or Bel or Dagon but Yahweh, the covenant God revealed in the Bible. If you wonder whether this is important, just think for a moment of what's recorded in Exodus chapter 32. And I hope you all remember the address, Exodus chapter 32. Moses was up on the mountain receiving instructions from Yahweh. The people of Israel thought he was never coming down. 
So Aaron told the people to bring him their gold jewellery. He then made with his hands a molten calf and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Not true, of course. Yahweh brought the people out of Egypt. Yahweh was so annoyed that he told Moses he was going to destroy the lot of them. That's how important it was then that one worshipped the only true God, Yahweh. There are some people in our congregations who say that it's no problem if people, if someone believes in and worships the God Krishna or the God of the Koran, Allah, or who practice Buddhism, or who say, I don't accept this passage from the Bible. I think God is different from how he is described in the Bible. The universal message of the Bible, both Old and New Testaments, is that you and I had better fall down in front of Yahweh in Old Testament language or the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, in New Testament language. The same God. Why is it necessary to fall down before this God? Because no other gods exist. And the covenant God of the Bible chooses a people for himself. And we Christians, those people, have the duty and great privilege to worship and serve him only. It's very easy for us to cut God down to a size that we're comfortable with. That's what the people of Israel did while Moses was up on the mountain. We can't see God. Give us a God whom we can see. So Moses says, okay, I'll build a I'll Make a golden calf. There you go. Look. You can see that. You can see this God now. In fact, these gods, he said. People who call themselves Christians are doing that today too. For example, I know quite well some people who pretend that some of the harsher parts of the Old Testament do not exist because those passages disturb the gentle Jesus, meek and mild idea with that which they have embraced for decades perhaps. When we come to the New Testament, we find the same claims for the uniqueness of of the God described in the Bible. That's why we read John's Gospel, chapter 14. For example, verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He didn't say you can come through Krishna. 
He said, you can only come through me. And in verse 11, he said, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Can you see the link between Yahweh, the covenant God of the people of Israel, and Jesus, the eternal Son of God, become man? This is the same God. But we've got Psalm 18 before us today. Verse 31 says, For who is God besides the Lord? Notice the capital letters. And who is the rock except our God? Who is God except the covenant God of Israel? No one. No one. Yahweh, the covenant God of Israel, is the only God who exists. And this is the God of whom Jesus speaks in John 14 and identifies with it. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. What a wonderful privilege we Christians enjoy. We can know the God of the Bible better than the Old Testament believers knew him. Because the second person of the Trinity, God the Son, revealed more of what God is like when he came to earth. So because I'm a Christian, this God is my strength, rock, fortress and deliverer. This God, Psalm 18, verses 1 and 2. I love you, Lord, notice the capital letters, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. David can call Yahweh my rock, my fortress and my deliverer because that God set his love on a people of whom David is a significant representative. If you are a Christian, you also have the great privilege of calling the God of the Bible my rock, my fortress and my deliverer because that God through Christ, set his love on a people. And who are those people? We find the answer in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 and following. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, 
in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Can you see the parallels? In the Old Testament, God chose a people to be his, a people who didn't deserve to be saved. In the New Testament, God chose in Christ a people to be his, a people who didn't deserve to be saved. Do you ever feel I'm a very weak Christian? I don't actually serve the Lord as I intend to. I often feel like that. My consolation, as was the consolation we read about in Psalm 18, the Lord is my strength. Do you ever need somewhere strong in which to shelter? The Lord is my fortress. And we all need delivering, don't we? We sang, we sang about it this morning. That's why the Christian message that the God of the Bible saves is so comforting and helpful. Here's another verse to learn off by heart. Romans 10.9 If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And this God is very strong. Psalm 18.2 My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold. Do you as a Christian ever feel besieged by the forces of paganism, atheism, hedonism and selfishness which surround you? I do. Christian churches in Australia have lost their prominent place in Australian culture. Within my lifetime, on major social issues, church leaders in Australia were listened to and sometimes even heeded by our politicians. Not so today. We are culturally besieged. Do we need to be frightened or anxious? Need we withdraw into our ghettos and fight a rearguard action against hopeless odds? Certainly not. Why? Because this God is my strength, rock, fortress and deliverer. We only have to read the narratives in 1 and 2 Samuel in our Bibles and I've been reading some of them recently from 2 Samuel to know that David, God's anointed one, had many situations where he was frightened and anxious. One such circumstance is related in what we call the title to this psalm. It's that bit that's printed in smaller type normally before you get to verse 1. And that's a very good typographical setup because it's not part of the psalm. But 
it's there uh, because it has been uh, added to the psalm at some point, probably very early. David sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. So, the circumstances of many Old Testament saints are sometimes very similar to our situations. Now this shouldn't surprise us because it's the same God we're dealing with and this God used the same methodology. He chose an undeserving people to be his own people. And the sinfulness of human beings has not changed in 3,000 years. And because of their sinful ways and our sinful ways, salvation from outside of ourselves is necessary if we are going to be saved at all. Just like someone drowning off one of our beaches who raises his hand in desperation and out of the blue comes a lifesaver on a jet ski. He grabs your arm and pulls you aboard. David needed a saviour. The people of Israel needed a saviour. You and I need a saviour. God's people today need a saviour. This God is my strength, rock, fortress and deliverer. What was David's experience? Verse 3 of our psalm. I called to the Lord. Notice who he called to? Not Milcom. Yahweh. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I have been saved from my enemies. And verse 6, there he is again, Lord in capital letters. In my distress I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. Are there parallel New Testament experiences? Of course. Remember what happened to the Philippian jailer? Recorded in Acts chapter 16. Paul was in jail. God caused the chains of all the prisoners and the doors of all their cells to be opened. The jailer asked Paul and Silas, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Now sometimes God saves us from desperate situations in the here and now. Perhaps you read in the newspaper or saw on the television maybe about ten months ago where he saved, God saved 12 North American Christian missionaries and three children who were being held for ransom 
in Haiti. So that's sometimes God saves now. But always God saves eternally those who follow the example of the Philippian jailer in Acts chapter 16 and trust in Jesus Christ to save them. You know people who cannot be trusted to always do what they promise. I certainly do. But our God is not like that. Psalm 18, verse 30, and I take this from the ESV. This God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. I'm going to pray now for all of us. Thank you, all-powerful God, for saving us. Thank you for being our strength, rock, fortress and deliverer. Please help us to rest in you and go forth with courage as we serve you in this broken world. Amen.